Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Today is Saturday, November 21st. The holiday shopping season is here and the new year is right around the corner. So today we're talking all about building better habits around spending and saving and how to set yourself up for financial success in 2021. Also, why it might be harder for millennials financially than other generations. Our guest today is Wendy De La Rosa. She's a co-founder of Common Sense Lab, where she focuses on using behavioral science to help people make better financial decisions. She was also named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 in finance in 2018. So here's our conversation. Welcome, welcome to the Newsworthy Special Edition Saturday, when we sit down with a different expert or celebrity every Saturday to talk about something in the news. Don't forget to tune in every Monday through Friday for our regular episodes when we provide all the day's news in just 10 minutes. It's fast, fair, fun, and on the go. I'm Erica Mandy. It's time for today's special edition Saturday. You ready? Let's do this. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for coming on the Newsworthy. Thank you so much for having me, Erica. It's a pleasure. So we are coming up on 2021, and a couple of things happen that people are thinking about right now, and that is holiday spending and New Year's resolutions. So let's just briefly talk about holiday spending. What do you advise, especially when we're dealing with today's job market and economy? There's a couple of things that consumers at large can do to help prevent or at least curb their discretionary spending. Because we know that unemployment is at very high levels, people are struggling, people are trying to save a little bit more. And one of the, there's a couple of things that I like to tell people before we start, and that's to say, oftentimes we think that our spending behavior is a moral judgment on who we are and who we tend to be. And we internalize all of that blame for our overspending without recognizing that our environment oftentimes is set up for failure, for our failure. Once we recognize that our environment shapes a lot of our spending behavior, now we can do some really interesting things to shape our environment and curb our behavior. So first things first is you can't spend on what you can't see. And so I recommend everybody going into the holiday season, unsubscribe from all of the hundred subscriptions that you have, whether it's from Macy's or you know, JCPenney or whatever store is still around where you get multiple emails a week. Because what these emails do is that they now put that pair of shoes, that new bracelet into our minds, and then we start to ruminate on it. Now, the second thing I encourage people to do, it's, a, it's an oldie but goodie, sleep on it. So if you go to many online retailers, they'll tell you the number of people who are viewing the item. They'll add a countdown clock. And all of these things are by design. So sleep on it. And the third and last tip that I give to spenders is to say, look, I am not anti-spending, right? I'm not going to tell you never to spend on yourself. We're humans. We have to enjoy life. We have to savor, especially after a year like 2020. But I want you to spend on things that truly increase your happiness. And so one of the things that researchers have found that increase our happiness is when we spend on experiences versus material goods. Take a class. Try to learn something new. When was the first time that you did something for the first time? And while you're at it, invest in experiences with other people. 
in a safe and socially distant way. Because we know that human connection is such a key component to our happiness. I love it. And speaking of happiness, that's why a lot of people create New Year's resolutions. They want to be happier in the new year. So what do you suggest when it comes to money-related New Year's resolutions as we enter 2021? Erica, that is such a great question. We all have started and failed New Year's resolutions. It's almost like a rite of passage, right? We all want to lose weight, become better spouses, save a little bit more money, but that always happens in the future, right? In the future, I'm going to lose weight. In the future, I'm going to spend less. In the future, I'm going to call my mother more. In the future, we all turn into our personal versions of Beyonce. (laughs) And that's because we think about our future selves as the perfect versions of ourselves without recognizing or understanding that our future self is just as imperfect as our present self. But we can harness that sort of bias to our advantage. So for example, many of us want to save a little bit more, but saving right now is kind of tough. But you can set a savings plan and you could do this automatically through a number of apps where you save more in the future. So today, maybe I stay, I start saving 2% of my income, but in a month, they'll increase to two and a half or in six months, they'll increase to 3%. Because we expect our future selves to be perfect, right, we're more likely to sign up to a savings feature that way. And oh, by the way, because when savings are automatically taken out of our paycheck, we tend to adapt our spending to match it. And so most people are unlikely to then change their savings allocation as a result of this. That's one. I think the second thing is we have to recognize that New Year's is this moment in time in which researchers call the fresh start effect. Katie Milkman at the Wharton School has done a ton of work showing that our our motivation to better ourselves increases at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of a month, at the beginning of a week. And some of my research has shown that it also increases at the beginning of a new birthday. And so what I encourage everybody to do is to set aside on your calendar, right, come New Year's Day, a series of four financial health days. We all take a mental health day. We all take a personal day. We all take a sick day from work. I want you to take a financial wellness day, four of them throughout the year. One at the beginning of the year, another one at the beginning of spring season, another one at the beginning of your birthday, and then one at the end of the quarter. Across these financial wellness days, I want you to do the things that oftentimes we don't want to do. We all know that we should sign up for our company's 401k if if we're lucky enough to have one, but it's never the right time. Well, you've put it on the calendar come New Year's Day, so you've already taken the day off to do that. We all know that we should sign up for life insurance, especially if you're in a partnership. But again, we have to call, we have to make the appointment, we have to look at quotes. It takes time, but guess what? You've already allocated a day to do it so that another year doesn't pass by and you don't have any retirement savings. We're not done yet. Still ahead, you'll learn why we tend to delay saving and financial planning, why millennials are struggling more than baby boomers did, and the surprising thing that actually does not help improve your habits. But first, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Just Egg is convenient, protein-packed, and scrambles and cooks just like eggs. Yet, it's completely plant-based. And yes, that's possible. Just Egg is made from mung beans and uses 98% less water and emits 93% fewer carbon emissions than a conventional egg. And again, it has just as much protein as a regular egg. 
You can make an omelet, scrambled eggs, French toast, pad thai, you name it, all with Just Egg. I've already been impressed with the scrambled eggs I've made, and I'm excited to try more recipes. They even have a super convenient toaster-ready version that is perfect for grab-and-go or for an easy-to-make breakfast sandwich. In fact, Just Egg is now the number one fastest-growing egg brand in the U.S. You can get Just Egg now on Amazon Prime Now or Instacart or at Whole Foods, your local grocery store or co-op in the egg aisle or frozen section. Just Egg, a better egg for you and the planet. Thank you, Just Egg, for sponsoring this podcast. Also, thanks to our sponsor, Magic Spoon. I love having a bowl of cereal for a quick lunch or afternoon snack, but I do not love the idea of eating a bunch of sugar and junk that will slow me down. And that's why I'm a big fan of Magic Spoon. Get this, you can have a bowl of cereal with zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. And it also tastes great. And because so many of you have apparently asked for it, you can finally build your very own custom variety box. You can choose from the best-selling cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry flavors, plus brand new flavors like my personal favorite, peanut butter, as well as cinnamon, which I'm really excited to try. Simply go to magicspoon.com newsworthy to build your own custom variety box and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code newsworthy at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com newsworthy and use the code newsworthy for free shipping. Okay, now back to the episode. Why do you think we put some of these things off? I know that you said that your work and your research is more about understanding psychology than understanding finance. Can you explain to us why that is and why we act this way? Well, to me, it's very simple. Right? Oftentimes, we expect the superhuman of the human. Most people do not wake up every day thinking about their financial situation, thinking about how they can save more. No, we wake up every day because either our children have jumped on us or our alarm clock is ringing and we're five minutes late to work. Life is busy. Life is hectic and life passes us by and there's never the perfect time. And it's not a personal failure of any one of us. It's just, look, we have very high priorities in the present right now. And so it becomes even harder. It becomes much more difficult to think about these quote-unquote lower priority logistics, right? No one gets amped or excited about canceling their cable bill, right? And, and by the way, the cable companies make it really hard for you to do that. The Federal Reserve recently found that millennials dominate the U.S. workforce, but they're still 10 times poorer than baby boomers. Why do you think that's happening? And there are so many reasons why that's happening. We have to recognize that the economic landscape is fundamentally different. At a time when baby boomers were reaching their prime working years, it was feasible to work and pay off your student loans. It was feasible to have a medium income job and buy a house. It was feasible to live the American dream. And I think we just have to recognize that right now, it is a lot harder. We have trillions of dollars in student loan debt that's sort of crushing the economic power of the millennial generation. I also think that we also have to recognize that the way in which we spend our money is fundamentally different. As a society, across different age groups, we're just eating out a lot more. And part of the reason is because we're working longer hours, right? We just don't have as much free time as we used to have to be able to cook. And especially as you see this rise in dual-income households, 
right? We're two people in the household working. There's just not enough time. The, the biggest piece of this is that wages have been stagnant for a really long time. Well, our cost of living has continued to rise. You know, that's not necessarily a question about behavioral science. I think that's a question about macroeconomic policy and what type of policy as a country we want to implement. Anything else you'd like to add or just a final takeaway for the audience? Oftentimes when we are struggling financially or we see someone who's struggling financially, our goal is to engage with financial education courses, right? If I could just teach somebody how to save or I could just teach somebody how to budget, then all of a sudden their financial behaviors and their financial situation will change. Sadly, the research shows that that's not necessarily the case. We all know really what we need to do to lose weight. As an example, we need to work out more and eat healthier. By extension, we all typically know what we need to do to increase our financial security. Spend a little bit less and save a little bit more. Financial education programs haven't been shown to change financial behaviors. What does change financial behaviors is changing your financial environment, is opening up a savings account, is setting up your automatic savings transfers. It's really thinking through your financial life. So for example, if you get paid weekly, there are months in the year when you get paid, when you get five paychecks. It's a calendar hat. Set your plan so that that extra paycheck goes into your saving. Fundamentally change your environment. And you can learn more about our guest in today's episode notes on thenewsworthy.com. And as always, we'll keep you updated on all the day's news in about 10 minutes, Monday through Friday. Thanks again for joining us. I'll be back on Monday with your next news roundup. Until then, have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.